are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Friday show for you. We're going to talk about this Ryan Clark, Tua Tagovailoa spat that kind of shows why cancel culture should not exist, and it doesn't exist in this situation. But we'll compare it to other things that have happened. And then I also want to talk about the Texas Rangers' wild second half of baseball that they've had pretty crazy talk about the ups and downs of baseball the texas rangers are living that right now as we speak and then we're going to talk injuries to pitchers in baseball two major ones that having an effect on contracts and whatnot and compare it between baseball and probably the running back situation in football which we've been talking about for it seems like a month now but i think these major injuries in baseball play a huge role into comparing it to NFL running backs. And we'll get to all that momentarily. All right, if you did not see what happened with ESPN NFL analyst Ryan Clark, he had to issue an apology yesterday to Tua Tagovailoa because during an NFL Live segment on Monday, he commented on Tagovailoa's, but he commented on Tua's weight which was really weird because Ryan Clark is an excellent analyst, like excellent. I think he's won Emmys for how well he is as an analyst on ESPN. I just couldn't believe he did this. He said, we're talking about Tua. He was questioning Tua's off-season training regimen. He's like, I'm going to tell you what he wasn't doing. He wasn't in the gym. I'll bet you that. He might have spent a lot of time in the tattoo parlor, He was not at the dinner table eating what nutritionists had advised. He looks happy. He is thick. He is built like a girl working at Onyx, which is a gentleman's club in Atlanta, right on the bottom. I mean, that was so out of left field and so uncalled for and so unprofessional. Shocking that it came from Ryan Clark, and that wasn't sarcasm. I'm like, he's one of the better analysts on ESPN. So Tua had to address that at a press conference. Uh, and he just said, I'd appreciate if you kept my name out of your mouth. That's what I'd say when someone asked him about, hey, did you hear what Ryan Clark said? And then yesterday, Clark issued an apology. He said, yesterday, Tua had to answer questions about something I said on Monday, on something that I truly thought was just a joke to me, but I realized that if this man has to answer questions about it, if so many Miami Dolphin fans are offended by it, then people aren't taking it as a joke. So let me be very clear. If If I have offended you, Tua, if I have hurt you, if I have disrespected you, I truly apologize. Not the greatest apology in the world because he just kept saying if. Clearly he did. And clearly he doesn't see that at no point should he have ever even said that. And I just, it was just, I mean, if you want to talk about how Tua can't complete a 15-yard out or Tua struggles uh, on blitzes, that's what he's there for. Commenting on the guy's weight, to me, he looks stronger. To me, he looks... I, I I didn't look at Tua as I mean he's definitely gained weight since college, but that's because he's getting older and getting stronger. When you go to the NFL, it's almost you don't lose weight as a quarterback. You're clearly going to put on weight. I, I just never looked at Tua this off season and been like, wow, he must not have been working out or eating what his nutritionist said he needs to eat. That's not the way I ever saw it. But very shocking that Ryan Clark said that. But then it turns into you know this is what I mean. He took. Uh, he, he somewhat took accountability for a bad joke, but um, something like this should not get somebody canceled. You know, this is just a 
a bad take. Plain and simple. Just a bad take that he threw out there. I didn't see the clip of Ryan Clark saying this, so I don't know if he was joking when he said this. He says he was. Reading it, it sounds like he was serious, basically saying, I don't think this, this guy was committed in the offseason to a workout program. But I didn't hear the clip. So on something like this, where it was just a bad take, and he actually came out and said, you know what, wrong of me to do that. Um, he shouldn't have said, if I offended you. He should have just apologized and said, that's not me, and that's not my job. My job is to talk about, you know, it, look, if Tua would have put on 50 pounds this offseason, absolutely, I think he's fair game to say, where's the conditioning here? Last year he came into camp at 225. This year he's 275. You know, I'm just making up numbers. But you know what I'm saying. You have the, uh, you have the right to question that because I don't think most teams would want their quarterbacks to be that big and put on 50 pounds in an offseason. You can question uh, you don't need to call him names, but you could say, I question this guy's dedication in the gym in the offseason because this is too much weight to carry at his frame as a quarterback. That's what you would say if that were to ever happen. But, you know, I'm exaggerating. Nobody's going to put on – no quarterback's going to put on 50 pounds in an offseason. But he needs to acknowledge that, yeah, you know what? Just stick to the football. Stick to the X's and O's of Tua and – how you think he can pick up a defense, how you think the Dolphins are going to do in the AFC East this year. That's what he needs to stick to. That was just a bad take, and I'm just, I was shocked. It came from him. I'm glad he did apologize, although I've heard better apologies for sure. But let's just move on from this and not turn this into, you know, someone that needs to be canceled, nor, nor should he have been over something like that. I mean, it wasn't. Um, he didn't let out uh, any racial epithets. He didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like he didn't curse on air. He didn't degrade. You know, it wasn't like any sort of sexual harassment. It was just a bad sports take. That's all. And each one, like I said, is different. If there was sexual harassment involved, if there was a racial slur involved, then suspended without pay. You know, I don't think someone... Uh, necessarily, it all depends on context. Everything is a case-by-case basis, but um, um, a racial slur in this day and age, it all depends. You know, it all depends. Definitely is going to get somebody suspended without pay for sure. It's just a matter of how long, and is it possible to for them to lose their job? I guess it's possible, but for them to never work again in the industry would be cancel culture, because you can absolutely get fired for a racial slur. We've seen it happen numerous times recently. But to never work again in the industry because of it, that seems a little extreme to me. If this is a one-time offense and past behavior doesn't indicate it and doesn't mean you should never work again in the industry is pretty much what I'm saying. And something like this, this was just a bad take. And, you know, I'm glad we've gotten to the point where it's just like, okay, he's not going to get suspended over this either. Um but I think he's going to be a little more careful in the future of how he goes about saying things. Very interesting in baseball, the Texas Rangers, the local team out here, have had quite uh, – there's only been one day out of the whole season the Texas Rangers have not been in first place in the AL West. I bet you a lot of you didn't know that. It's true, but 
we've got the Astros and the Seattle Mariners now breathing down their neck. Both of them are one game out of first place. And why is that? It's because the Texas Rangers have now lost seven in a row. Jumped out to a 4-1 lead on the Twins yesterday, ended up losing 7-5. After a two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth with a score tied at five, gave the Twins a 7-5 lead. And what's interesting is it this goes to show how fickle the game of baseball is. At the All-Star break, the Texas Rangers were in first place. Because like I said, they've they've been in first place all but one game this whole <laughs> this whole season. At the All-Star break, they were 52 and 39. They were 13 games over 500. Coming right out of the All-Star break, Texas Rangers were on fire. Won 6 in a row. And you're just like, "Okay, now they're rolling." Had built up a nice lead in the AL West. So, straight from a 6-game winning streak, they then proceeded to lose seven of their next nine. They went two and seven in their next nine games. And you're like, Jesus, are they ever going to get out of this? Like, they're playing terrible. Right after those nine games where they lost seven of them, they then went 12 and two in their next 14 games. And you're like, oh, the team is rolling. This is what they, this, this is a possible World Series team. Look at them go. 12 and 2 in their next 14 games after going 2 and 7 in their previous nine. It's just like nothing really happened. And then ever since they were 12 and 2 in those 14 games, they've now lost seven in a row. <laughs> like, you can't explain this. This is fucking baseball. You cannot explain this. This team is still one of the highest run differentials in all of baseball. They still have one of the top five records in all of baseball. But this is what baseball is. Since the All Star break, they're still four games over 500. It's not like they've gone in a nosedive. It's just that. They were they were eleven games over five hundred since the All Star break seven games ago, so that's what's kind of crazy about all of this. And, and honestly, it's not explainable. I mean, it is explainable if you look at the statistics. They're having trouble hitting with runners in scoring position, and their bullpen has melted down. But when they were twelve and two in a fourteen game span, their bullpen was pitching great. And when they were winning six in a row right after the All Star break, their bullpen was pitching great. And they were hitting with runners in scoring position. It's just the ebbs and flows of a baseball season and 162 games over that course of 162 games. Yeah, this is what you're going to run into, unfortunately. And they're they're going they're in a bad spot right now. But yet they still have a one game lead over the Astros and the Mariners. But a week ago, I think it was three and a half or four. So you know, here they are. And, you know, you just you look at the you look at all of the AL wild. I mean, the the AL standings. They still have the third most wins in all of the American League. Baltimore has 79. Tampa Bay has 78. Rangers have 72. Tied with Houston, but they have two less losses than Houston. That's why they have a one game lead on them. So even if they get caught for the division lead. This awful baseball would have to continue throughout the whole month of September for them to not make the playoffs because we know the three division winners make it and the three best teams after that with the best record are your three wildcard teams. Well, Baltimore and Tampa are making it out of the AL East. The AL Central is only getting one, and that's Minnesota. It's Cleveland has 60 wins. They're in second place. They're not going to make up 12 games on the Rangers in uh, you know, 127, 30, 34 games left. They're not going to make up 12 games on the Rangers. So, uh, the West has two teams, Seattle and Houston, 
and and then along with Texas and then Minnesota. So if you look at it realistically right now, there are one, two, three, four. There are seven teams fighting for six spots in the American League. Because after Baltimore, 79 and 78 wins, you've got the Rangers with 72, Houston with 72, Seattle with 71, and Toronto with 70. I mean, there you go. Those are your teams. I mean, maybe Boston is still there. They've got 68 wins, but I'm telling you, this is as bad as the Rangers are playing. uh, They are still probably a good bet to make the playoffs. If you go by ESPN's percentage, they have a 70% chance of making the playoffs. Not necessarily winning their division, but making the playoffs. Um, The division is slipping away. Seattle definitely has an easier schedule over the next two weeks. So I almost fully expect the Rangers to fall out of first place unless they go, you know, have another, you know, 12 and 2 in their next 14 games or 10 and 4, even 9 and 5. But you can't just lose every game in a row. I mean, 7 in a row is is not something you certainly hope for uh as you're getting to the dog days and you're getting down their pennant run, you know. September is right around the corner. September is next Thursday or next Friday. And here the Rangers are just not playing good baseball right now. But two weeks ago, they, you know, not even two weeks ago, seven days ago, they had won 12 of their last 14 games. And then all of a sudden you lose seven in a row. You're just like, wait, what happened? That's baseball. All right. Speaking of baseball, I want to talk about the Shohei Otani injury sucks. He has a tear in his UCL. And this is the second UCL tear he has in the last five years. Remember, he missed a whole season for a torn UCL, but he but he ended up still batting. I I'm not a doctor, and I don't really understand UCL tears in the arm. Obviously, if I know I know if you have a UCL tear, you can't pitch and throw 98 on the black, but. I'm also sitting here going, I don't understand how, I mean, his right elbow is his lead elbow when he's batting left-handed. So when you swing a bat, it doesn't hurt at all with a torn UCL because they are going to bat him, at least as of right now. He's staying in the lineup. They've just shut him down pitching for the rest of the year. I don't think this takes away from his MVP candidacy. He's still going to win MVP. I just think some other people might get first place votes now, but he's still going to get a majority of them because he's going to hit over 50 home runs. But the pitching stuff, gone for this year. And if he has surgery at the end of the year, gone for next year. But I guess you can play with a torn ACL, uh, a torn MCL in your arm and still bat. Whatever the case may be, now the talk turns to, well, what do you offer him now in the offseason? Because he's now going to have two arm surgeries in a span of five years, and there's no pitcher in the history of baseball that has ever done that that was dominant after the fact. So that's not going to help his case. And maybe because of this second UCL injury, maybe he tells teams, I, you know what, I'm going to stay away from pitching. I'm just going to be a hitter from now on. And if he's just a hitter, I think he still gets 10 years, $500 million, $550 million, 8 to 10 years, 500 to $550 million because of how good of a hitter he is. Because you can't take that away from him. I just think 
by not pitching and knowing that he's going to have surgery to repair a torn UCL for the second time in five years, I think the thoughts and the reports of possibly a 700 to a $750 million contract are probably out the window. They just are. I mean, I just I can't imagine you're a team that says, yeah, we have no problem you're getting UCL surgery second time in five years. We'll have you sit out next year as a pitcher, but you'll still be in our lineup, and here's 12 years, $750 million. After next year, you can come back and pitch again. I mean, pitching is just now a bonus at this point, and he might have to seriously consider shutting down being a picture pitcher and going two ways now because it's just never happened. Now, maybe he's young enough to where he can get through this, and he's so talented that if there's anybody that can beat two UCL surgeries in five years, it is him, but you're asking an awful lot. And I think any team that does sign him this offseason – I don't think is going to give him batter and pitcher money. I think he's just getting batter money, which makes sense to me. And finally, speaking of pitchers with injuries, remember how awesome Steven Strasburg was when the Washington Nationals won the 2019 World Series? I mean, he was dominant. He was 6-0 and in the playoffs that year <laughs> in like 36 innings pitched, and he was awesome. And then after that, he signed a – Seven-year, $245 million contract after the 2019 season. We know 2020 ended up being a 60-game season because of COVID. He never even pitched that. But here's what's amazing. Steven Strasburg announced his retirement yesterday, or he's going to announce it officially. It's, it's well-known he's going to retire. Since winning a World Series, going 6-0 and in the playoffs that year, and then signing a seven-year, $245 million contract in three seasons – 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023, he's pitched 31 total innings. 31 in almost four seasons of baseball. One of them was a 60-game season that he sat out. So let's just call it 2021, 2022, and 128 games of, of 2023. He's pitched a total of 31 innings on a seven-year, $245 million contract. So you're like, gosh, does he even see his money? Yes, he sees all of it. Steven Strasburg is going to continue to be paid $35 million annually through 2026. He will then receive $26.6 million in 2027 and 2028 and 2029 in his owed deferred payments. The contract was not insured, which left the Nationals on the hook for its entirety. They did not insure a pitcher who had already had arm surgery in his career. And they gave him seven years, 245, didn't insure him, and now they owe him $35 million through 2026 and then 26.6 from 2027 to 2029. Now, you can say it's unfair, but it's the owner's fault. It's the owner's fault, number one, for not insuring himself, and number two, look, if the check doesn't bounce, then that's on the owner. But when you compare it to football, you know, basketball and baseball contracts, I know maybe people know this, maybe they don't. They're, they're guaranteed. You blow out your knee two days after signing a contract, unless there was a major stipulation in that contract, which there usually isn't, you're getting all your money. They might have to 
disperse it out differently if there's an injury that ends your career, but you're getting your money. Football contracts are not guaranteed, which is why all these guys fight for a large signing bonus. That's your only guaranteed money is your signing bonus and obviously your base salary. But if you don't play, you're not getting a base salary. So that's why they want all their money up front. And is it fair that a guy who has pitched 31 innings since the year 2020 is still going to see every cent of $245 million? And Jonathan Taylor, who was the leading running back in all of the NFL in 2021, two years ago, is having a hard time finding a team that will give him $10 million a year in, the, in a sport that is dominant and has the biggest television contracts? It's, it's, it's a really healthy debate. Let's put it that way. Because Jonathan Taylor is way more of a household name in the sporting world than Steven Strasburg is. And Jonathan Taylor, while he hasn't led the Colts to a Super Bowl, He's still pretty damn good, and he's going to be pretty damn good when he finally gets to a new team as long as he's healthy. But if Jonathan Taylor goes out with a torn ACL or blows out his Achilles planting on an AstroTurf field, that team can cut him in four seconds, and he doesn't see dick other than what his signing bonus was for. And since they're not paying these guys – in terms of running backs, what's in it for him? It's it's a it's a very it's a very healthy debate. Let's put it that way. I don't think that there's something that's so black and white here because you can't say, well, then just don't insure, you know, don't make all the basketball and baseball contracts guaranteed. No, they can do what they want. You could you could tell owners to stop paying them so much, but that's that's their money. They can do whatever they want with it. It's the structure of the contracts, I think, that's coming into question. And I I don't know what this does, but you do have to shake your head a little bit about a guy receiving all $245 million when he's pitched 31 innings since he signed that contract. And a stud running back in the NFL can barely get a one-year deal. It's, it's, It's bizarre, to say the least. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review if you can as well. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know about it. I hope everybody has a great weekend. We're back on Monday, of course, yet again with another Sports Daily. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you on Monday. <laughs>